and welcome back to Xavier Newswire Live, the radio show that will catch you up on all of the Xavier news from Ledgewood Drive to Dana Avenue and beyond. Today is November 28th, 2022, and we are bringing this show to you live. I'm Julia Lankish, and on this episode, you'll hear the Newswire multimedia crew bring you the rundown on the new SGA community ambassador, upcoming events downtown, what's happening in the world, and much, much more. Let's get started. Lucy is going to lead an interview with Natalie Sendelbach. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Natalie, um, the newly appointed community representative for SGA. Natalie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for SGA? For sure. So my name is Natalie Sendelbach. I'm a senior, I'm a senior early childhood education major. I um, was originally a senator on, on student government, but then due to an internship, I had to resign, but still wanted to be involved with SGA. So um, I knew that the community ambassador was a role that was going, was in the works to be created the year prior to me being in Senate. And um, we were finally able to kickstart it this year. So I'm kind of the test runner for this position. So what does the community ambassador kind of do? Because you said it's a new position. Yes. So this has lots of different um, different definitions, but predominantly what my job is to do is to be a human figure that blends and um, joins together the Xavier community and the Norwood community and the surrounding city community um, with the main goal of bridging the Xavier gap and um, eliminating the Xavier bubble. So um, why did you decide to run for the community representative? Um, again, so I have still felt really strongly about being a part of our student government and serving as a student voice. Um, the committee I was on when I was on Senate was cool, so the campus on and off living, and it felt very appropriate to segue straight into um, a position such as this where it's all about your community and engaging your fellow students and your neighbors. Also, I'm from the Cincinnati area, so I have a fair amount of connections to my neighbors and to my city and my community, and it just felt like nothing better. <laughs> Sounds like you're very prepared to take on this new role um, and that you've talked about your prior experience, uh, but what kind of things do you hope to accomplish during your time as the community representative? So um, when I was talking with Sean Riney about um, what this role would look like, there are so many different ways and that you could go about serving this community and trying to figure out different ways to, um, I don't know, to break the Xavier bubble. And... Um, so we decided that it would be more important to start small on a smaller scale rather than this huge giant community effort. So some of the things right now we're just establishing this role, establishing it for future use, um, collaborating with Norwood City Council and collaborating with our local, like even next door to two doors down neighbors. Um, yeah, just that kind of thing. Just, yeah, okay. <laughs> so what kind of things are you hoping um, to like plan to break the Xavier bubble. So this semester we haven't planned a whole lot yet only because it's been still very foundational but for next semester we want to do more volunteer opportunities especially with Waste and Way and the tree planting and um, other local community groups. There are tons of our school districts since I'm an education major I'm super connected there and I would love to see different opportunities for our for this position to collaborate with our schools that would be really awesome and I'm totally open to totally new ideas and things like that so hit me up if you got any. Um, so how can other people on campus get involved um, to help you out with your efforts? Um, so de definitely reaching out to SGA attending any of their public forums public things um, 
DMing me or emailing me, my Instagram is nat.sendelbach. Um, yeah, so definitely worth a DM. Hopefully in the future we'll have a better way to set up communications. But again, brand new, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see, is there anything else that you want to talk about um, with your position or anything that you want to mention um, that this, I haven't asked about? Yeah, for sure. So this position is a year-long, two-semester commitment that um, – it does pay, which is exciting uh, for any of you who are interested in potentially applying for that later on. Um, it'll start again next fall. Yeah, next fall semester. Um, you work super closely with SGA, and it's, a really, it's been really, really fun so far, and I can't wait to see it grow. So how should um, students who are interested apply? Um, there will be a, on EngageXU, there's an application. Um, so it'll pop up on there under student government. Okay, um, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, thank you for being here today, Natalie. Uh, back to you, Julia. Thank you, Lucy and Natalie. And now I'll kick it over to John, who has our sports update. Thanks, Julia. It's been an exciting time in sport since we last spoke with you all. Xavier's men's basketball team has played four tough games in the last 10 days, taking on number 12, Indiana, Florida, Number eight, Duke, and number six, Gonzaga. The Musketeers was only able to win one of those four games, beating Florida on Thanksgiving Day. The Musketeers lost to Indiana back on November 18th at home in the Gavit tip-off games, 81-79. The Musketeers then went to Portland, Oregon, where they faced Florida on Thanksgiving Day, winning that game 90-83. Then the Musketeers took on number eight, Duke, in the Phil K-85 losing on Friday 71-64, and then playing last night against Gonzaga. And a game that looked like the Musketeers had, weren't able to close it out, losing 88-84. The Musketeers will return to action when they return back home on Wednesday when they take on Southeastern Louisiana at 8.30 inside the Centos Center. And then we'll welcome Bobby Huggins back into town on Saturday when it's a Big 12 Big East matchup between West Virginia and the Musketeers. That will be a 6.30 start inside the Centos Center. Now over to women's basketball. The women's team is out to a hot start this year with a 6-1 record. The Musketeers won yesterday 73-65. Did have their first loss on Friday against number 16 Creighton, losing by 6, 57-51. The Musketeers will start full Big East regular season play when they welcome Seton Hall on Friday night at 7 o'clock inside the Centos Center. Now over to volleyball. The Musketeers finished the regular season in Big East tournament play at 19-11. The Musketeers lost in the second round of the Big East tournament to two-seed Creighton in three sets. The Musketeers did not qualify for the NSA tournament, but did qualify for the NIV tournament which will start on Thursday in Athens, Ohio, when the Musketeers take on Central Michigan at 5 o'clock. Now over to women's soccer. Last time we spoke with you, the women's soccer team was just getting ready for their second game of the NCAA tournament. They did lose that game to number 11, Virginia, 3-1. The Musketeers finished the season at 14-4-5. The men's soccer team did not qualify for the NCAA tournament. Finally, in the NFL, the Bengals 
beat the Titans in Nashville. And the team they knocked out of the playoffs last year. The Bengals went down there and won 20-16. A big day for T. Higgins. He had a touchdown for him late to give the Bengals the lead. He went seven receptions for 114 yards. That's going to wrap it up for sports. I'm John Baldridge. Back to you, Julia. Thank you so much, John. It was nice to see uh, Samaj P. Ryan get some playing time this week with Joe Mixon out with a concussion. Joe Mixon should be back next week. Um, but in the meantime, P. Ryan's on my fantasy team. So uh, thanks for that one. Uh, now we'll hear from Sebastian and Gus, who are going to give us this week's Radio Rex. For longtime fans of the Hellraiser franchise, this is a very slow burn. This is my first Hellraiser movie, and I gotta say, did not put on a great show for any casual viewers. The opening for the movie is pretty strong. You get to see a young man get lured into a billionaire's mansion, and then he goes into the billionaire's room and he's convinced to try to, try to you know, uh, solve the puzzle box. And subsequently, upon completion, gets pricked and marked to get sent to hell. After a monologue from the billionaire playboy uh, that reveals he wants to harness the power of the puzzle box, the fun begins. The young man starts getting stabbed repeatedly by knives attached to chains, coming from another dimension, and eventually he gets sucked into hell. You know, very, very cool opener. I think we could all agree. This is where the movie gets incredibly boring, though. It cuts to the protagonist of the movie, Riley a recovering drug addict, and her brother, and brother's friends. For the next hour of the film, it's just drama between the friend group and just shots of man-ass, because this is a very horny movie. Needless to say, my friends and I were fighting our droopy eyelids during the snooze fest. Even when the puzzle box is brought back, like halfway through the film, and Riley's brother gets marked to be dragged into hell. They don't even show him getting dragged down. You just see a red-tinted light and hear a scream while Riley rushes in to find her brother gone. At this point, my friends and I literally stopped watching because we got so incredibly bored. Then we decided to watch The Predator. However, I did my due diligence and finished it on my own for this review. And I gotta say, the last half hour of the movie is pretty cool with all the you know Cenobites being revealed and all the actual horror stuff happens. However, it should have been happening the whole movie, not having a pretty good opening and make me slog through nearly an hour and a half of this two-hour movie for anything cool to happen. I literally could not give a damn about any character in this movie. They all don't have any character development. Riley, she's... An interesting character, I guess. There, there's some like parallels between her and like the main villain, the billionaire guy. But overall, it's it's pretty it's a pretty botched job. I was just trying to see you know cool special effects and costume work, which it did deliver on eventually. However, this is definitely a two out of five stars from me. Thanks, Sebastian. Uh, now I'm going to be talking about Carly Rae Jepsen's new album, The Loneliest Time. <clears throat> so, uh, I blame TikTok for the new generation of overnight successes. 
Uh, I believe the phrase the kids use nowadays for an individual who achieves a massive level of fame in a very short amount of time is that they blew up. Well, as a jaded member of the first generation of viral celebrityism, I would like to point out a pair of key discrepancies between the two eras. First, rapid rises to stardom used to rely on, usually, a very catchy and subsequently a very famous song. And second, flash in the pan celebrities used to be described not by using an abrasive term like blowing up or the even less favorable influencer, I shudder, but by the much simpler though probably harsher designation of one hit wonder. Carly Rae Jepsen is one of the first and arguably the most famous of this original generation of one hit wonders. Call Me Maybe was a sensation of bubbly pop joy that shot to the top of the charts and even had the Harvard baseball team dancing in the back of their van on the way to a game, which was a video that could also be considered a one-hit wonder. But where Jepsen succeeded in channeling the collective mood of young pop and baseball fans of 2012, on her most recent album, The Loneliest Time, she's faltered a bit in replicating the overwhelming sensation of Call Me Maybe. The Loneliest Time is an example of what happens when an artist comes into fame a bit too quickly in their career. The album is a pure radio-ready pop project that, pre that pretends it's trying to speak deeply to the listener. It's jumpy and upbeat and has the ghost of the energy that defined her early cuts, but falters a bit in its inability to appeal to the ethos she's cultivated almost intentionally in the wake of her first string of mega hits. The biggest problem with the album is its subject matter. As the title and, and basically all of its songs suggests, it tries to deal with some vague experience of loneliness, but it's a hard sell when all the tracks sound like songs you'd hear at the end, during the end credits of a children's movie. Any attempt at appealing to a more introspective place with the listener is lost in its sheer obviousness. Take the first song, Surrender My Heart. The lyrics go, But the benefit of all the broken hearts that I broke before they could break me is a little bit of life regrets I won't bring that mess to you when you're with me. What? Is she actually lonely or is she just being mean? Isn't she supposed to be lonely? Is she lonely at all? Is she surrendering her heart? Meanwhile, all this plays out in her characteristically high-pitched and punchy delivery with a synth-heavy backing track. It doesn't get any clearer as the album goes on and all the songs carry on that same sort of wide-eyed confusion. Even the title track is prey to lines like, Just like Shakespeare wrote a tragedy, but our story never finished it because our love never finished it. I know she's not referencing Shakespeare. Well, I'm not sure if it's possible for anyone to follow up a hit or make a career based off of a song as amazing as Call Me Maybe, but Carly, keep trying, maybe? Thanks, and now back to you, Julia. Thank you, Sebastian and Gus, for your Radio Rex. You know, I really hadn't thought about Carly Rae Jepsen since about 2012, so I was surprised to hear that she's still writing music, but I'm, I'm you know, I've heard some pretty good reviews of it. Maybe I'll give it a listen. Uh, now we'll hear from Ben, who has our campus catch-up this week. Welcome back to Campus Musketeers. I'm Ben Thompson, and this is your campus catch-up. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving break just as much as I did, though I know what you're thinking. Back on campus, three weeks left, finals right around the corner. How the hell am I supposed to relax at all and not even think about studying? Well, I think you have a lot more time than you think. And just because finals are around the corner, that doesn't mean that you need to sacrifice all of your leisure time or social interactions. There's a lot going on. For example, 
On Tuesday, November 29th, the Italian Club will be hosting a screening of Bernardo Bertolucci's 1970 Oscar-winning film, The Conformist. The show starts at 7 in Alter 301, so grab a bowl of popcorn because it could be really fun. If board games are more your style, the Xavier Symposium will be hosting a board game night on Wednesday, November 30th. Now, obviously, board games will be provided, but if you wanted to BYOBG, then you're welcome to. Come stop by Alter 308 to play some board games with Xavier's favorite thinkers. If you're looking for a good meal with friends, the Sign Language Club will be holding a silent dinner at Kenwood Mall on Friday, December 2nd, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's a great opportunity to break bread with people who you may not have ever met before or spoken to. All are welcome, even if you don't know ASL. And finally, the Outdoor Club will be hosting a trip to Perfect North Slopes on Saturday, December 3rd. Never been a more perfect time to dust off those old skis or try out that snowboard you got a while ago and never learned how to use. The trip is open to all, experienced or not, so I hope to see you on the snow. And that about does it for Campus Catch-Up. Lots to do this week, I hope I'll see you there. Tune in next week where we'll see what's going on on this beautiful campus of ours once again. Thank you, Ben. And now we'll hear the downtown lowdown from our very own Leighton Gamage. Hello, my name is Leighton and this is the downtown lowdown. Yes, I know that is the actual name of the segment. Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Starting on November 27th, Celestial Holiday starts and continues through January 8th. Join Cincinnati Experience Cron Conservatory this winter season in a celestial holiday event. The perfect place to keep people watching, the perfect place to people watch and remind yourself how pathetic and lonely your, li your life is, as if your family have not already said it. Something else that will be happening this weekend is King's Island's Winterfest. Enjoy a festive celebration while screaming your head off on a roller coaster, just like you scream at all the couples passing by. Again, please find someone. One more thing that will be happening soon is Pyramid Hill Sculpture Park and Museum will be having events all month long. Go check the calendar at pyramidhill.org to find out more. Speaking of hills, you're going down a really slippery slope. Tinder's free, hinge free. Please just find someone and stop texting me. Anyways, my name is Layton and this is the Hoedown Lowdown Showdown Throwdown. Man, that feels good to say again. Back to you, Julia. Thanks, Layton. You know, I am not single, but if I was, that segment probably would have made me really sad. So thank you so much. <laughs> And uh, last but definitely not least, Patrick Hayes is going to tell us what in the world. All right, what in the world's going on, Xavier? I'm Patrick Hayes, and I'll be your host for What in the World. Now, as we get into it, please excuse my voice. I'm getting over a cold. Our first story of the week, the largest active volcano in the world, Mauna Loa in Hawaii, erupted within the last few days. Experts have advised airlines that they mag must be careful with flights to the area due to ash and particles from the volcano, and have told communities that they're safe and don't need to evacuate. Either way, I would not lava to be living in Hawaii right now. Our business story of the week, former CEO of the Walt Disney Company, who returns to the, the position in a shocking announcement. Bob Iger highlighted his return as focused on, quote, creativity, and the team is uh, looking for ways to improve profitability among their many own streaming services. Only time will tell if Iger's return will make their company strong as an ox or meek as a mouse. 
Our main story of the week, while maybe not the most world-shaking of main stories, is one that I would be remiss to not gobble on about. President Biden, in the annual American tradition, pardoned two turkeys earlier this week, named Chocolate and Chip. The turkeys were pardoned from all crimes of being eaten this Thanksgiving, save, of course, for being delicious, which are, they are very much guilty of. And last but certainly not least, we have quite the weird story this week. A woman gave birth in a McDonald's. On her way to the hospital with her husband, the woman pulled over to use the bathroom, where she found that her water had broken. Three employees, all of which were mothers, rushed to help deliver the baby and notify the woman's husband. The baby was delivered safely and nicknamed Nugget by the employees. Even if the ice cream machine never works, it's nice to know that McDonald's employees are willing to lend a helping hand to mothers in need. That's all I have for you today, Xavier. I'm Patrick Hayes, and now you know what in the world is going on. Tossing it back to you, Julia. Thank you so much, Patrick. Listeners, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today in this episode of the Newswire Live. Thank you for tuning in to the show today. We would like to give a special thanks to Carolyn Youngquist, a music education alum of Xavier, who produced the music heard in today's show. At this time, we'd like to give a shout-out to our staff and guests who helped make this episode possible. Thanks to Faith Tocolvi, Griffin Brammer, Spencer DeTenley, Leighton Gamage, John Baldridge, Lucy Kramer, Dylan McDonald, Patrick Kays, Ben Thompson, Natalie Sendelbach, Sebastian Aguilar, and Gus Nations for their contributions to this episode. If you have any thoughts or feedback for the Newswire Multimedia crew, send them to our email, saveyournewswire at gmail.com. You can find Newswire Live episodes and other content on YouTube if you search Xavier Newswire to find our channel. Follow our Spotify to hear archived Newswire Live episodes, our Stories That Inspire podcast, our Girl Boss Cubed podcast, and other student-led podcasts. Tune into our next episode next Monday at 6 p.m. Until next week, I'm Julia Lankish, and I'm wishing you luck waking up for all, from all the t Thanksgiving turkey. Talk to you next time.